This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to check in with yourself, let alone identify what you need from yourself. I know that in my own life, having a regular time to check in with someone else who's going to ask me the hard questions, ask me about my week, ask me about what I'm thinking about, what priorities, what relationships might need to be realigned to create just a little bit more space for me to do my own work is so important. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills to check in on what's kind of cluttering up your mind to help you check in on the messages you're telling yourself, the things you might be subtly starting to believe about yourself or other people that need to be realigned. It can help you take those steps to set better boundaries and to become the best version of yourself. There are just so many reasons that we can all benefit from therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Best of You today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Best of You. Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Allison, and I'm so glad you're here to discover what brings out the best of you. This podcast is all about breaking free from painful patterns, mending the past, and discovering our true selves in God. I can't wait to get started as we learn together how to become the best version of who we are with God's help. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Best of You podcast. I am so glad you're here. This is the last episode in our series called My Favorite Psychology Tools. I'm sad to see this one go. I have loved every single one of these, and maybe we'll revisit a part two of this in the future, and I'll see if you guys have some ideas about what you want me to talk about. But today, we're going to end with Strength Finders. This is one of my favorite psychology tools. It has helped me so much in my life. And to talk about it, I've invited my dear friend, Laura Kutsona, onto the podcast. Laura and I met several years ago when and we were co-leading retreats with my co-author, Kimberly Miller, called Leading Wholeheartedly. We led these retreats together, and Laura was both the coordinator of the retreat as well as she led us through Strength Finders exercises at every retreat, and I learned so much from her. She has worked with nonprofit organizations for 37 years. She built a consulting practice that focuses on fundraising, marketing, CEO coaching, strategic planning, and board development. She recently served as the executive director of the Jesus Center, which is a social service nonprofit in Chico, California, that was focused on reducing the impact of homelessness. She's also been deeply involved in Campfire Collaborative, which has been a huge part of the long-term recovery process from the terrible fires in Paradise, California. And more recently, she has formed a collaborative consulting firm called Goodwell Consulting, where she focuses on personal, team, organizational, and community health and capacity building. She lives in Chico, California with her husband and has two grown daughters. Welcome to the Best of You podcast, Laura. I am so glad to have you here today. We've known each other for a long time, and it's really fun to get to bring your expertise to this podcast. So thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you, Allison, for inviting me. This is such a fun privilege. 
So, Laura, I learned about Strength Finders from you. We used to run these retreats together, these Leading Wholeheartedly retreats. And one of the things that you would bring to the table was you led us all through Strength Finders. And I found it to be so powerful. And I've gone on to use it in my own life. I've used it in my marriage. I'll tell a little bit about how we approach it, which has been really fun. But just tell us a little bit about how you discovered Strength Finders, what it meant to you, and how you've used it in your work. Yeah. So I was actually having to go back a little bit in the history books to make sure I had the chronology correct. But I want to go back a little further, which I used to say I was one of those nerds that would read the self-help books and do all the exercises. And so I really think I was my pre-work towards Strength Finders was in a book that was published over and over. And I think it's still being published called What Color Is Your Parachute? Yes. And I still remember like circa 1986-ish, seven-ish, going through every exercise. And it was a little bit more of a blunt instrument, but it basically divided people into three categories. People who wanted to work with people, people who were really connected to place, and people who were connected to information. Mm. So I had this big insight at 22, 23 that I like to work with people. (laughs) So I think that was like, that. I mean, honestly, I'm sort of belittling it, but it was really a big insight at that point. And so fast forward 15 years, I was in New York City. My husband and I uh, were living in Manhattan. And as uh, related to our his work, we met a woman who was working for the Gallup organization. Mm. And I still remember her handing us this book called Now Discover Your Strengths, which was essentially the first run at introducing the strengths philosophy into the mass market that Gallup had done millions of interviews around worker satisfaction Mm. and discovered the low, low ratings of worker satisfaction. And they started to dig and built this all to to figure out what was going to be the key to shifting worker satisfaction. Mm. And so in the early 2000s, they put together what's called StrengthsFinder. And then in 2007, they published the StrengthsFinders 2.0, which is the assessment that is being used now. But throughout, they kept refining it. And what's super great about it now is it's much more personalized because we could have the same strengths, but it'll show up really differently based on Mm -hmm. combination, personality, context, a bunch of other things. So now when you get a report, it's much more personalized, which makes it really fun. But I discovered it really after that New York season in the early 2000s. And it just really resonated because of its particular nature and its positivity. Right. So tell us a little bit about what it is. It's a strength-based approach. Yes. And that's really critical. It's all based on positive psychology. So the, you know, the idea that you would try to figure out where you're weak and build up those areas is kind of the opposite of what the strengths finder is. So the words are perfectly apt, right? Finding your strengths, identifying, articulating, connecting with how you show up in the world. And essentially it's a little formula. They they call the first element of the formula talents, but you could call it gifting or natural abilities God-given characteristics, however you want to talk about sort of what just is in you, Mm. kind of like the raw material. And then the second part of the equation is experiences, skill development, training, education, kind of all the pieces that can add value and depth and kind of excellence within your, your naturally born talents. And that equals a strength. 
Oh, interesting. So it's a combination of nature and nurture in a way. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. strength is something you probably have a little bit of naturally, and it also probably was nurtured in you. Exactly. What's fun about it is you can go back. I mean, I've done autobiographical exercises where you go back and you search for the early signs of that strength showing up. And for me, it they show up in childhood. Yeah. Some of them are incredibly absent in my childhood and because of some small T traumas, but changes were in the way I navigated the world, they appeared later, but some of them are really, they're, they're there. Is it possible that somebody could have an innate strength that didn't get reinforced or maybe was even, you know, seen as a deficit early on, and then later they could begin to nurture that and develop a strength that they thought they didn't have? How does that work? I think you can. I mean, I think yeah. it's, again, I think in some ways it's like the clay. It's the raw. There is yeah. a certain sort of raw material. And what's fun about this assessment is there's enough complexity to it that you can do a lot with it. So yeah. just, you know, again, part of how it works is you take this online assessment and there are 34 possible strengths. The basic assessment puts out five of those strengths that are your top five. But the assessment, if you want to spring for the full 34, will rank the entire set for you. And I think it's equally as fascinating. I do too. But the top five and really your top 10 really are your key elements from which you can draw all sorts of abilities to interact with your, your work, your context, your relationships. So it just gives you for me, again, going back to that early assessment, I'm good with people. But in what way am I good with people? And what is my role? And the strengths mm -hmm. give me more particularity to where mm -hmm. I fit in the people world, if mm -hmm. you will. There's a lot of people professions, right? Yeah. And so as I understood it, as I learned it from you, of the 34 strengths, they exist within essentially four different categories. I don't think we're going to go through all the strengths, although let's definitely touch on them. But what are the four categories? Yeah. So they're, they call them domains and the strengths fall neatly in these four domains. And so the first is executing, which is pretty obvious. It's getting stuff done, right? It's all those strengths that get you to move balls forward. What are some examples of those executing strengths? Yeah. So the executing strengths, one of the ones I love that's in executing is called arranger. It happens to be one of my strengths, but it's <laughs> the ability to essentially move things around and, and get, I'll read the, the some of the key characteristics because it's better their words than mine. You are a conductor. And I love that image of being a conductor. When faced with a complex situation involving many factors, you enjoy managing all of the variables aligning and realigning them until they, you are sure they are arranged in a productive configuration. Interesting. I consider it like running audible sometimes as an arranger. So you have your plan, but you're also are the one that can make on, you know, in the minute decisions like, oh, that's not working. Let's shift this way just slightly. Why don't you go over there and you go over here or let's do this first and then we'll come to that. That's the arranger. Classic example of an executing 
character. Which would make sense because in as I got to know you, you were the retreat coordinator, right? So you were holding all of the pieces and you were that person that if something had to change, you could rearrange everything to make it work with the change. Yeah, you pull the team back together. You're like, okay, I'm reading the room. The room is saying, I'm exhausted. We're going to take a break. Or I mean, something that simple to, okay, that exercise is gone too long. Let's move to this other one and skip that one we had planned. That's an arranger role. So that's executor. What are some of the other common maybe strengths that people might be familiar with if they're in that more executor category? One of my favorites is responsibility. And this one's so fun because the people who show up in this are the people, I mean, think about the person who has responsibility as the person you rely upon. Mm -hmm. I'll read because the, the language is so good that they've put together. Your responsibility theme forces you to take psychological ownership. So that's deep stuff, right? For anything you commit to, and whether large or small, you feel emotionally bound to follow it through to completion. Your good name depends on it. And if for some reason you cannot deliver, you automatically start to look for ways to make it up to the other person and so on and so on, right? Like we all know, know people with that characteristic and know that that is real. And they're going to get the job done again in that executive space. They're going to execute because of that high value on responsibility. Interesting. Yeah. So if you have someone with responsibility, you know, moving to a, a, you know, looking at it in the context of teams, those are the people who are going to just be tenacious about making sure it gets completed. And sometimes, honestly, and this is goes back to, I think your whole theme is sometimes at great expense to themselves. Exactly. Those strengths. We can, we'll get there, but those strengths can definitely also become our Achilles heel if we don't know. I have a a high responsible in my family and I I watch, you know, I just have to shepherd her through. It is okay. We can let this ball drop. And it is excruciating for her to do that. It's like a moral failure. It's a moral failure. Yeah. I can already see the ties here. We did the Enneagram last week, right? So the ties to the Enneagram one and, you know. Totally. (laughs) Yep. Do you love to start your day with a fresh cup of coffee? Well, I want to introduce you to Christian Kitchens Coffee. They have a great selection of organic small batch coffees that are delivered to your doorstep. Their robust coffees are ethically sourced and freshly roasted to satisfy your love for amazing coffee. From organic Guatemalan light roast to organic Sumatran dark roast, there are six delicious options to choose from, and each bag features a Bible verse on the front and back, which you can meditate on while the coffee brews. Visit ChristianKitchensCoffee.com and use code BESTOFYOU for a 10% discount on your first order. I love their inspiration to invite all of us to brew, pour, pray, repeat. What a great way to start off your morning with prayer and with coffee. Check out Christian Kitchens Coffee and use code BESTOFYOU for 10% off. It's so frustrating to check a label only to find all sorts of hidden sugars, especially when it's vitamins for your kids. Haya vitamins are made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk, yet they taste great and are perfect for picky eaters. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and more. Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door so parents have one less thing to worry about. The bright yellow bottle, complete with stickers and great taste, makes taking vitamins fun for kids of all ages. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. 
To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash best of you. This deal is not available on the regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash best of you and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. What's this next category? The next one is relationship building and relationship building. Again, I I ran a social service agency. You'll find most staffing in a social service arena, I'm sure in the counseling arena, are high on relationship building. Your strengths end up a lot in relationship building. Again, kind of a classic profile given a lot of your roles. So one of those, and maybe you could speak to, you have a couple that I, I think you could speak to. One you have is empathy, another is positivity. And those, again, are classic. I mean, those are pretty, some of the strengths, I'll just be, be honest, I think some of the words are harder to just intuitively understand. Empathy and positivity are what you think they are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a big one for me. I, I think empathy was my number one as I tested out. And and I, I wasn't surprised. Well, I was a little surprised that it was number one. And it was actually helpful to me because like that high responsible, and I talk about this a lot, you know, empathy has been with me. As you said, Laura, I can go back to childhood. And I remember the kids in my class that were hurting from like first grade. I knew who they were. I remember their names. It still breaks my heart that I didn't know what to do. You know, it was with me early on. It was also affirmed in me. Of course, then I go on to be a therapist. And as I talk about it, can also become a little bit of a trap. How do you, you know, gosh, I feel the empathy. And also I have only so much bandwidth. And so these strengths, they're very real and we have to learn to steward them. And then the, the positivity is another one of mine. And so that's an interesting, you know, it's like the empathy, you, ble- you know, you bleed for other people and then positivity. As I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong, it's sort of like you can see the positive in anything. You can look for the positive. And so you're believing in people constantly, you know, you're believing in the best of what can happen, which is is great in my field. But also you have to learn how to temper that a little bit because sometimes the best case scenario doesn't always happen. Reality interrupts that. <laughs> right. And I think it is. I mean, you also have maximizer, which is in this category. And that is also a unique strength as you do, particularly personal. I don't think you have individualization, but individualization and maximizer are really ones that you see that people are becoming their best version of themselves. So again, I think mm-hmm. positivity can lead to that, but obviously our trauma-informed approach to things is also staying with them in the grief and the pain and you know, long enough to give valid affirmation and empathy to it. So again, these are these can be, I mean, they are inherent in you, but that doesn't mean we don't have control over how they're implemented or engaged in our day-to-day. And as we get more fluent in the particularities of our strengths, we have more control over how we we bring them into the world. And sometimes for different reasons, we need to temper some of them. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I love just to pause here for a second. The strengths approach, what it does is it help you kind of, and and you touched on this at the beginning. When I looked at those five strengths, I'm like, yeah, this is really a picture of who I am at my best. I certainly have to learn to temper it. And it doesn't mean I discount those bottom five because I did, I have looked a lot at my bottom five. And that's actually been very helpful to me because it's not that I'm not responsible for those. But I think, correct me if I'm wrong, the strength based approach 
suggest that leaning into your strengths and learning how to really steward the strengths is more productive than trying to become those bottom five things that are the hardest things for you to ever become. It doesn't mean you don't have some responsibility for them, but it if you're trying to fit yourself into a role that requires those strengths that are literally at the bottom of your list, it's, it's going to be kind of like, sometimes I talk about like, you want to work with the grain of who you are. You don't want to be working against yourself. And if you're in a position or a role or a job or a relationship where you are required to constantly show up at those bottom five of your strengths, you're working against the grain of yourself. And it's really hard. Right. And and I think absolutely. And I think, again, if you go back to one of the, the motivators for developing this was around job satisfaction. And if you if you start to move from the individual analysis to how you know you operate particularly in in your work or with your team it's i mean the evidence is just kind of in the realm of miraculous about what it feels like and the satisfaction level that happens when you your role in your work is aligned with your strengths it's like oh you know it's like this whole thing just breaks up and like We've heard, you know, the work on flow. We've heard the work on geniuses. You know, when we are aligned with the things that give us energy, they just keeps giving you energy. I agree that we need to know, I would call them maybe our blind spots. So things we just don't naturally pay attention to rather than calling them weaknesses. One of mine is context. And as far as I understand context, it's really about often it shows up in people who really hold to the past and sort of the historical connections. Well, I just, I mean, I don't have a very good memory and I, I'm just on to the next thing. And the Enneagram, I'm a gut type. I'm just going forward. And obviously sometimes it gets me into serious trouble. So again, a blind spot is, and then when I'm working with groups and just to fast forward, one of the contexts that I work in is in disaster recovery. And in disaster recovery, most people are actually very connected to place and past and when you lose everything, you can be all positive about the future, but they they have not released whatever it is that binds them to the past. And so I have to be like ultra sensitive to giving room for that, even though I don't care. I mean, my family home is gone. I don't care. It was bulldozed just you know, 30 years ago. I don't care. But that's, I'm weird that way. Like it's not, like that's a an anomalous characteristic for most humans. They're very connected to place. Yeah, I love how you're talking about it as a blind spot, right? Because now, now that you're aware of the blind spot, you're aware, oh, that makes sense. It's not in my primary line of focus, but I can be aware, I can be more sensitive to it, knowing that it's there, knowing that it's not going to be in my primary line of focus. Right, which leads me to the next domain, which is strategic thinking. And although I have a lot of strategic strengths, Again, back to the Enneagram, I'm a gut type. So I'm always going to push into moving things forward. And strategic thinking says, stop for a minute. Imagine that you might actually be answering or solving the wrong problem. And let's collect more information, ask more questions. I always think about my husband and I call it going to the ground floor. He loves going to the ground floor, which means dismantle everything and start again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're doing this again. You know, like it's just, but man, if you're, you know, if you're just a fraction off the right angle as you're going to solve a problem, by the time you get there, you're so missed the mark. So we need to push into folks with strategic thinking, or if we have strengths in strategic thinking, we need to bring them forward before we start executing. Yep. (laughs) So true. Wait, so you're more of an executor and your husband's more strategic? Yeah, he's he's totally strategic. And 
Actually, mine is influencing. So not only am I executing, but in the fourth domain, I'm rallying the, <laughs> the troops to move forward and getting everyone excited and like the cheerleader and, you know, the, I've got the megaphone and I'm like, okay, everybody, let's move to the right side of the room. <laughs> I'm laughing because I hear you on that strategic one. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because when I started doing Strengths Finder in the retreats that we did with Christians in the Visual Arts and then in Leading Wholeheartedly, so the Christians in the Visual Arts, the, the retreats were called Doing Good Well. And we brought together young female artists of faith and with the premise that a lot of their voices were getting lost in the mix, whether it was in the church or in the secular context, that we wanted to give them a space to, again, give them some vocabulary and some claim over their unique contributions. That was the strengths finder piece. We worked with internal family systems to help them understand their internal psychological piece. And then we built some real practical skills on how they can then show up in their context. And so we would start with strength finders and artists just are notoriously in the strategic thinking oh, domain. Interesting. I mean, just predominantly. So the first thing they do when they get their results is they question two things. They question the entire assessment, oh, question wow. their results. And so I figured this out after doing it, you know, a couple of times and I'm like, all right, you people, I understand that. So question away, just bring me all your like, no, I don't like this. And this isn't working. And I don't think this is, <laughs> and I, I would, the way I would understand it is talking to my husband uh -huh. who I adore, but mm -hmm. he immediately goes into finding the, he's like an academic strategic thinker. That's what you do. It's his craft. And, and it taught me to appreciate that. Whereas before it felt very, I want to be honest, a bit annoying. Like, why do you have to poke all these holes in it? Let's just go. Why are you getting in my way? But now I see, oh, again, blind spot. I don't do that long enough and I don't do it carefully enough. And so it's, I'm learning to say, bring that before and I hold myself down and don't do something yet. Well, and so this is, we're kind of getting to, I, I want to get through these four categories, but this is just such a fun conversation. It, we're getting to the strength-based approach and everything in this series. And I love that we're happening on this. It's not just about this individual. This is who I am. This is the way it's going to be. These are my strengths. You know, it's my way or the highway. They actually help us live better in community. And that's what you're saying, right? It's like, if we're only looking at our own gifts and everybody should be just like me, and if you're not just like me, you're annoying or that's bad, or it's like, no, no, actually, we start to appreciate what happens when we come together and we look at things from that larger perspective. We get to play our role, but my role is going to shine even more brightly when it's brought into partnership with someone that's going to help me pause, see the big picture, make sure we're building on the right foundation, and then let all that empathy and that maximizing and that positivity shine, you know? Yeah. So the fourth domain, just to finish that structure, is influencing. And uh, you have a couple of your top strengths in there, and I have three of my top. That is really my domain. And, you know, again, back to the my lovely artist friends, they tend to be really, again, they're, they think out, you know, to use an old phrase, they think outside the box, which is exactly what, what we want our artists to do. And they create amazingly beautiful things. So they often will be able to execute at that level. But where they really are, uh, have blind spots is around mark, what we might just call marketing or telling their story to another outside world and getting people essentially to follow them. And they need influencers 
to be their town criers, to be their bringers of others along. You know, I always say to people, if you want something that you love to get out in the world, tell me. Like I will, if I like it, I will tell everyone I know. And I don't do that because it's my job. I do it. I now call it my hobby. Like I love sharing cool things or connecting cool people to cool people who are doing cool projects, which I think one of the fun strengths under influencing is what they call woo, which is a tricky strength. You and I both have it. And it stands for, this is unusual in the strengths vocabulary, but it stands for winning others over. So the best scenario to describe woo is you go into a party. In fact, I just did this. I flew to LA on Sunday for a party of a really dear friend of mine. And I knew no one, I knew one person at the gathering and someone with woo walks into a situation like that. And I just started with the husband of the one person I knew. Then I talked to the one other person I knew. And by the end, we're all sitting around a big table as if we were all friends since high school, like they all were and making connections between one person and another. So you know, in its best version, woo is it connects people. It makes people feel comfortable. I mean, nothing makes me happier at my own parties than you come in the door and I'm like, oh, Allison, I really want you to meet Joe. And then you guys get get in a conversation and then I go on to the next thing. Like that just makes me excited. Obviously the downside of woo is it's a little flitty and it can be seen as a bit uh, like you work the room and that starts to put humans in categories that aren't superhuman, more transactional. So I don't, I don't like that part of woo, but that's, again, I think that's a good example of what influencing looks like in the strengths. So I like how, how you're, you know, we have this idea of influencer today. We think about social media influencers, people influencing. There's a sense in which it's influencing others. But, but in this context, what I like about what you're saying about it, what I relate more to with it is, is there's an ability to win people over in the sense of earn trust. There's ability to inspire. What are some of the other qualities under influencer? It seems like there's an ability to inspire, to encourage, to bring in, to gather, to connect, to earn trust. Yeah. I mean, I have three of influence. So I have activator, communication, and woo. And I always, the more I sit with those, I see how they they all work together. So communication is my top strength, which doesn't mean I'm a great preacher. Te- you know, it's not about like uh, production. It's about an incessant attempt to communicate, to make ideas clear and to, in this sense, for the purpose of changed behaviors, changed thoughts, moving people together, moving people in a direction. Um, I love teaching. I love training. You know, I'm sort of obsessed with that because I believe that people can actually move and change. So an activator, again, is somewhat like a ranger, but it's really a, more of a catalytic role is another way of looking at that. But with activator, not I have a ranger. Meaning you can make things happen. You can make things happen, then you can rearrange them and you communicate. So you're in, what's your zone? What's your zone of work where you or interpersonally where you're just thriving? Yeah. I mean, I, again, I, I, last night I was with 30 people training them on fundraising and identifying who their best prospects were. So I'm using communication. I'm giving them tools. So I'm, and I'm giving them a tool, you know, someone will ask a question like, should you ask for a specific dollar amount or range or just open-ended? And I say, yes. And that's how the ranger goes because you're in a certain context. It's relational. You have a particular sense you know your project and here's the advantages of each way. 
So I'm able to say, yes, these are your choices. And so that's that fluidity. It's not like, okay, this is how you do fundraising. No, it's relationally bound. So your relationship dictates your path, not transactional in that sense. So that I think draws on my perspective, which is adaptable, responsive. Although I don't show up in my top five a lot in relationship building, I'm very keenly aware of how we don't use people. (laughs) We empower people. We give them agency. We're equal footing. There's dignity. Those, Those principles of life are just they just run through how I, most of the good days I show up. Yeah, I, I love that. I love how you kind of get a picture of and, and for everybody listening, I mean, you can t- you can go take this test, right? You can you can purchase it online. Yeah, you can just go on the Gallup website. And you get those strengths. I made, I have everybody do it. I had like our our daughter right before college, she and her friend, I had them taking it, you know, just to kind of get a sense of. Yeah, I give it as graduation gifts. Oh, I give that's it go. cool. Because you you do like for me, when I started doing this podcast, I was really surprised at it brought together my strengths because I have a maximizing strength. I have that woo strength, which for me is like I, I love a lot of different ideas, a lot of different topics. And this podcast allows me to go broad. I can go deep and I can go broad. It allowed some components of who I am, some strengths that I have that I couldn't bring out in other places. And I was it was really neat. It, it just like you said, it's like you're going you're going with the grain of who you are, the maximizing of ideas. It's just like, gosh, you can, I can get these ideas out into the world in a much more kind of efficient, more maximized way than only, you know, seeing one person at a time. I still love to do that too, but it's a process of learning. You know, we don't all immediately magically fall into the right line of work or I think about Laura and I'm, I'm curious about this with how this all applies into our families, into our relationships, into our parenting, into our marriages, because that's another area where my husband and I, one of the exercises we did was we looked at each other's top five and then we looked at each other's bottom five. And that kind of helps with some of even division of household labor. If we are looking at me to be the, the structured organizational in our household, we are all just going to be frustrated you know, and it doesn't mean I can't don't try, but, you know, I'm not one of those people that the forks are always in the exact correct fork drawer. You know, that was the household I grew up in, you know, and so we got to work with that. We got to work with that, you know, and here are the strengths. And so we have a lot of conversations about this in our family. It's all play to our strengths. We all have to be sensitive to each other. How, how about you? How how has this also shown up as, in your, as a mom in your family and in your friendships? How has this helped you? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, anything that we, I think clarity of who we are and how we show up in a space, which I've discovered as I get older, is harder for me to understand how I show up than I think. (laughs) I show up with a lot of power and influence based on my strengths, but I have my internal persona is gentle and kind, but sometimes I'm not perceived that way. So now that my daughters are full functioning adults, I really find that I'm asking them more and my husband too, how I'm showing up. And when I, particularly when I have an impact on them that I can see is negative, I'm like, what, what just, what exactly just happened there? You know, sometimes I'm really aware of how I always joke, you know, I'm kind of like a lion. I jump in. I'm also a Leo, if that has anything significant for your people, but you know, I jump in and then, oops, the claws came out. I'm really, you know, they're really pads, you know, and in my perception, they're pads that the nails come out sometimes, but for some, it's like, wow, she's just, she just shows up. Are you an Enneagram eight? Yeah, totally an eight. And some days I just wish so badly that I wasn't an eight. (laughs) 
<laughs> Again, because I actually do care about humans, so I don't want to just stomp on anybody, but I'm just incredibly passionate, and particularly when it comes to justice issues and when something's right or wrong, I just, I just can't help myself. Yeah, so it's helped me just try to get more clarity around myself, and then definitely in terms of understanding how my immediate family shows up as a unit. There's a, and we're using lots of tools as we try to navigate this new, completely adult version of our family. Things that maybe we suffered through, we're done suffering through, and we're saying those things out loud. So one of my daughters has just incredible empathy. I mean, she shows up super high empathy, but in that kind of like, so, maybe you can relate to this, like so sensitive that, and not in the sense of like, she reacts to all that, but she internalizes it all. And it's just not fair. So we dump on her in the sense of like, we just, all that emotion that we all have in our big selves, she just, it just like hides out in her cellular level. And at 25, she's figuring out that, you know, you were telling about that in terms of the, you know, the body keeps the score. Like we got to be really careful that we don't store those things. And so she's learning all sorts of new techniques to work with that. So, and then just affirming that, like, affirming that she brings that and that's a gift, but at her own personal cost, it's not, it's not okay. You know, and, um, both my, my daughter and my husband are very much on the strategic thinking. My daughter, who is the sensitive one is more like I am in terms of her, how she shows up in the world. The other two are very cerebral and very strategic in their thinking. So it's very common in conversation for them to say, no, I don't agree with that. Or, you know, it's this or that. And, I have strong opinions too. And I'm like, whoa, wow. You know, so we're, we're navigating that in some ways in a completely new way and we're all learning. But one of the fun things that we declared a couple of years ago was we're all after the same outcome, which is to build close, authentic relationship. And so we're going to navigate some of these things that hurt or we've pained each other in a way that's always pro-relationship. And that's really helped. And I think having that outcome-centered approach really lends itself to working with strengths because you can you can move from, you know, a point of personal sense of who you are into vulnerability when you know that the outcome is that you're going to you're going to stay together. I love that. That's beautiful. And this it provides a language, this strength based approach. When you know, you kind of have a sense of your different kids' strengths, your spouse's strengths, your strengths. And so when things go awry, and it happens, you know, I can imagine, you know, you're in a heated conversation and it's tempting to go to, you're always judging me or you're always disagreeing with me or, you know, some of those irritants that surface in the best of relationships. And we can kind of back up and go, oh, this is you being strategic. Oh, this is you being an influencer. Oh, this is you being high empathy. It helps to just destigmatize everything. It gives a name for things and we can kind of start to name again. It doesn't mean we don't still have to work it out and we still don't have to learn, you know, how to navigate each other. But it is, I think it's Adam Adam Grant who talks about giving people a, what does he say? He talks about giving people a roadmap to how to treat you. The strength-based approach really does help with that. It's like kind of, here's a little glimpse. Here's a little picture of who I am. This is how I'm going to be. This is the strengths I'm going to bring to the table. This is also, you know, again, what what you're going to, you know, if I'm really high on strategy and an analysis, I'm going to analyze every single thing. And that's going to be great sometimes. And sometimes that's going to be hard. You know, it just, it gives us all this destigmatizing language. 
Gut health is so important for your overall well-being. That means keeping a culture of good, healthy bacteria populated in your gut so there's no room for the bad stuff. Your immune system, your digestion, and even your daily mood are directly affected by your gut. I'm a big believer in probiotics. They have been such a help to me as I've healed some persistent gut issues. And Organifi has an organic blend of pre and probiotic capsules that empower your gut, improve digestion, absorb greater nutrition, and promote a strong immune system in just seconds. Organifi Balance Capsules are a dynamic five-strain blend with spore-based probiotics for potency and resiliency in convenient, easy-to-take capsules. This potent combination helps support healthy gut flora, maintain healthy gut balance, reduce bloating, reduce abdominal discomfort, regulate elimination with 20 billion CFU guaranteed and no refrigeration needed. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition and high-quality ingredients. Each product is science-backed to craft the most effective dose with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers. And the best part is that you can experience Organifi's high-quality superfoods without breaking the bank. Head over to www.organifi.com slash bestofyou and use code bestofyou for 20% off your entire order. That's www.organifi.com ifi.com slash best of you. Getting high quality food and household essentials delivered right to my doorstep, whether it's my favorite Dave's Killer Bread, incredible wine, or seventh generation cleaning supplies has been a game changer for me. I love that Thrive Market only allows trusted, top-quality ingredients while restricting thousands of harmful ingredients like artificial flavors, high-fructose corn syrup, and more. And with just a few clicks, I can filter out ingredients that I don't want, like gluten or high-sugar content, making it so easy to find the items I need for my family. Best of all, when you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash you for 30% off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash you. thrivemarket.com slash you. I think this really plays out in the workplace, whether it's in your those of you who work in a particular like office setting, you know, like a cohort that just stays together, or those of us who are in lots of different contexts or doing community organizing. I think we can understand what each of us brings in a little bit like our default settings. Again, I don't think that gives a carte blanche to always show up like that, but it gives us some, some again, shared language. That's why I always do it with boards of directors, teams of organizations. I've used strength finders in a cohort model of leaders who are tra- being trained in a nonprofit setting. Again, it helps us make affirmation more particular. It helps us invite other strengths to join our strengths because it turns out we actually can't, we're not... A, autonomous beings. We we codepend all the time. We're interconnected. So if I need the strategics in my my world to show up, I'm like, hey, we're having a strategic whiteboard session. Can y'all join me? Because I need to, you to poke holes in what I'm thinking. And we share those strengths like they're assets. Like 
Allison, I need your empathy to show up. I'm like obviously missing this situation. Tell me what I'm not feeling, seeing or, or sensing, right? You're so true all the time at work. We need all the different strengths. And when we have a category and we have a way of naming them, we invite people to shine. And, and what a gift. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's as a team leader or I was an executive director of a nonprofit to know everyone's strengths and to be able to say in a moment in a staff meeting to say, okay. We've definitely been camping out in this realm. I'm interested in what those of you with whatever the other set of you know strengths might be that we're missing. I need us to stop talking and I want you all to show up. And as the leader, I also have to lever down. I often look at it as a mixing board. And especially as I get older, I got to pull my, my brilliance, as I call it, down in the mix so that others can bring theirs up. And you know, I, I'm almost 60 and part of that is making sure that in a group setting, if there are particularly young professionals coming up, that we give them all the room in the world to answer the question, just like those of us who have been doing this for 40 years. And that's a discipline for someone like me who has something to say about everything, <laughs> yeah, right? Is to stop talking mm-hmm. or, and you know, communication being my number one go-to. I just will always default to talking some more or activating some more. Like sometimes we don't need to activate anything. We can just sit. Yeah. There's so much humility in what you're saying. Again, that I think about that H factor quality of the honesty and humility. And again, the honesty of I'm thinking, of, you know, I'm imagining now in a work situation where you have all strategists and no people who are executing and you bring the executors in the room and they're like, we can't execute this. Well, then we got a problem. <laughs> you know, I mean, you really. And, and so the humility to know whatever your strength is. Same with me with the empathy. You know, it's like it is such an important gift. And there are times when I have to I need to hear other voices say, yeah. Yes, you know, what that person has been through is really hard. And also there is a couple of other lenses through which we need to look here, which is the value of consultation. When you're in my field, it's bringing other people. And I've learned how to invite people in next to me who have different strengths than I do, because I need that. I need all of the different voices. Tell me a little bit, Laura, you're also really knowledgeable about spiritual formation. Tell me a little bit about how this model, how knowing our strengths correlates with our spiritual formation, our relationship with God. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, obviously the whole model is, I think, so closely associated with the idea of the gifting of the Spirit. And, you know, you did that lovely reading from the message the other day on your podcast and just that sense of like how silly it is that there would just be an I by itself, right? I love how Eugene Peterson does his version of that. And I think, you know, it's just, it's just a perfect corollary to the strengths. Like none of these exist unto themselves. And I think that is one aspect of understanding how God has gifted us, accepting that, celebrating that, owning that. Again, I think this false humility, I have learned to celebrate and name my unique contribution because turns out that's the asset that I steward as a child of God. And if I don't name it, I can't utilize it to its greatest ability. I know that, and having, again, been in enough context where I'm pretty sure had I not been there with my unique blend, we wouldn't be where we are. And I love that. That's just how God works. And that doesn't mean there's nobody else was important, but I had the opportunity of running this nonprofit for six years. It wasn't the plan, working with those experiencing homelessness. And I'm watching the fruit of a lot of what I invested now that I've gone, I've gone. 
And just yesterday, I got a, a, I got this big pat on the back about how I had built credibility in the organization. And a donor made a $100,000 gift. And he said, you know, ultimately, I did it because of the credibility you invested in that organization. And I thought, my unique blend of woo and activation and communication started with the strengths. That's the first thing we did was to understand my staff, to affirm my staff. And working in that context, what I feel most proud about is I also took this to the folks who were who we were serving. And when you look at a person on the street who so many people walk by and say he or she is worth nothing. The things people say about folks living on the street is so appalling to me and so tragic. And instead saying, no, you are a princess who follows a king. And we know that in the midst of all of that, we see with our eyes that God sees you with a completely different lens. And that is a God-centered positivity. That's a God-centered maximizer. And that dignity is, these are words we can find to help people recover who they are. Because the most tragic thing about trauma, mental illness, and all the things that folks experiencing homelessness are experiencing is the loss of sense of self. They need to be restored. God does that and God does it through us. And I preach a sermon here. But. <laughs> I love that. You, you, just, you just bring tears to my eyes because I so share that with you. And what are the inherent strengths in those person? I mean, my husband and I as well have been deeply involved in some addiction recovery centers, serving folks who have been on the streets for years and just finding the strengths there. We love it. And naming them and calling them out and and restoring that sense of dignity because we all are made in the image of God and we all bear some beautiful. I, I love that, Laura. And I love what you're saying. I love that you brought your strengths. What I love about what you're saying is you brought your strengths to bring in money, to bring awareness, to literally build a program that served folks. And also you brought your strengths into literally you know, into the dignity in every single one of those human interactions including in terms of with the people that you served. I just love that. You're an amazing woman. I think the piece that I am most pleased about is I believe this so strongly about how to use our strengths that I also recognized when I was done making my unique contribution in that setting. And I mean, began from the beginning to invest in the staff around me. That was just, again, we were stewarding their lives, however long they stayed with us. But one of the leaders that was there when I got there is now the executive director. And a few years into my tenure, she said, I think one day I'd like to be an executive director. And I said, all right, let's get busy. And working with her strengths, working with her blindsides, we prepared her for that role. And so when I sit and see her on the front page of the paper, getting awards from the city and all these things and getting that $100,000 gift yesterday, I just smile because she grew as part of that journey and she is getting to make her contribution. And it doesn't take anything away from mine, nothing. In fact, I get a little extra, you know, a little pat in the back, even for that. And it just feels like this is the body of Christ. Preach, preach. This is it, right? When we are leaning into our strengths. And I love even the claiming of the strengths. I love what you're saying. These are my strengths. I'm going to steward them. It's better for everybody. Laura, you are amazing. Tell everybody who's listening how they could find you, how they could work with you, what you offer. I'd love to hear more. Yeah. So my business name is Good Well Consulting, and I renamed my business about 
I don't know, eight or nine years ago, because that word combo, good, well, is really the crux of what I care about. I love working with people who are interested in making a contribution in the world, doing a good, whatever that purpose is. But I'm also, because of my executing strengths, I really care that we do that well. For some, like when I work with nonprofits, a lot of that's capacity building, leadership development, infrastructure development, thinking how the long-term is going to need a certain set of baselines so it can flourish. So, you know, not building a locomotive on a toy train track, right? That kind of uh, trying to square that up. It shows up in individual coaching where I'm looking to help people who are trying to find their voice, their contribution in the world or maybe they're coming into a new role. I work with a lot of executives who are stepping into the role for the first time. They're not really sure how to navigate those waters. And then I have a third part, which is what I call the academy. And I'm putting courses online and doing, I do live training as well. Um, I just launched a course on how to be an effective board member. A lot of your listeners I know are either on boards of directors for nonprofits or they're contemplating making a contribution in that way, stewarding their strengths in that way. But what I find when I get in boardroom after boardroom after boardroom, that assembling a group of individuals who are cool does not a team make. (laughs) So again, how do we use the strengths? How do we use other personal work to show up in a team in a productive way, serving the organization's good? So that's a fun thing. You can find that all on my website, goodwellconsulting.com. Do you ever work with churches? Like church leadership I do boards? I work with churches. I could imagine that'd be a ripe, you know, just helping the leadership teams. Lots of faith-based organizations, churches, missionaries, teams. I've done a lot of work with, yeah, all sorts. At this point in 30 years in, I've worked with a lot of groups. <laughs> you're the best, Laura. Laura, you're the real deal. I love everything you do. What is bringing out the best of you right now? You know, I, because we, I live in the corner of the planet that has had some really severe disasters. We are rebuilding a county that has, we had the largest, most destructive fire in California in 2018. And because of where I was in the, in the county at the time of the disaster running this nonprofit and my, because of my strengths, I've been very prominent in the bringing together of people from each of the corners of nonprofits, uh, local government, state government, and then just humans who are in recovery. So I'm really pushing into opportunities to build up the capacity, the health and well-being of our area, and then also trying looking for opportunities nationwide to work in disaster recovery. I think I'm really passionate about that because it really speaks into the vulnerability that is just beneath the surface for so many humans in our country. And that's bringing out the absolute best in you, I have no doubt. It's super fun. Thanks so much for being here, Laura. Thanks for taking the time to, we'll link to everything that we talked about in the show notes today, including uh, if you want to take that Strength Finders test, reach out to Laura. Do you do individual coaching? Absolutely. That's on my website as well. You need to sign up right there. All right. Thank you, Laura. Thanks, Allison. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of The Best of You. It would mean so much if you take a moment to subscribe. You can go to Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts and click the plus or follow button. That will ensure you don't miss an episode and it helps get the word out to others. While you're there, I'd love it if you leave your five-star review. I look forward to seeing you back here next Thursday. And remember, as you become the best of who you are, you honor God, you heal others, and you stay true to your God-given self.